Welcome to the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood. I'm here also, as you well know, with John Paul Basham. Yo. And Julie Plonk. Hey, hey. And we're excited to be with you for another episode. Before we get into the content that we will be getting to very quickly, I want to remind you that we would greatly appreciate it if you went to iTunes and left a rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast. And it helps us know what you think about the podcast. So we do this to serve you as church leaders, as youth ministry professional people, volunteers, the whole thing. So we do this to serve you, and we would love to know what you think. So let us know through that avenue or by reaching out to us on Twitter. You can at student ministry, super easy to find. Let us know what you think. And that will get to us as well as all of our personal Twitter stuff. Okay. With that in the books, today's topic is all about zoom. But before you press stop on the podcast, wait, we're not going to get, this is not going to be a, how you do your small groups through zoom kind of podcast. Here's the topic today. Zoom fatigue. I feel it. I'm staring at Zoom quadrants right now as we record this podcast while we work from all of our locations. That's right. In the middle of this thing. (laughs) And uh, just by the nature of our work and the nature of your work as a student pastor, you probably spend a lot of time staring at quadrants too. Uh, So what we hope to do through this episode is speak specifically to that issue, to talk about some things that you can do to kind of push through that for yourself as well as some things that you can do uh, and maybe train your leaders on to be able to get through the Zoom fatigue. Because, and here's the, the spiritual connection to this. If we don't address this issue, and if, if we just kind of ignore it and say, well, Zoom fatigue is going to happen, our students are just going to deal with it, then what I think we will see is teenagers begin to disengage from our ministries because they're fatigued about the way our ministries are being operated right now. So that, like, that's the ministerial red flag that I think we can throw up and say, hey, like, we have to be able to talk about this. We have to be able to talk about how to push through it, how to make it better, so that we can continue to engage teenagers. Yeah, and to some degree, this is already happening, probably more in some places than others. But I've seen on student ministry discussion boards all over the place. This is a, this is a really popular question that's being asked and something that student pastors are saying like, man, I can't get a response back from a text message, from an email, from anything. They're not logging into zoom. They're not joining in for worship. This is a very real need that I think a lot of ministries are feeling, not just student pastors, but churches as a whole. I've even seen it in engagement in Sunday services too. Like, you know, when you're a video is up and you can see that how many viewers are up in the corner, I have been able to see that fluctuate. Um, and that will fluctuate as, as states start opening up. But we notice even this past Sunday that views were just oddly down and we just think people are getting burnt out and tired of the staring at a video. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Julie, you were mentioning before we started recording that you had spent some time doing some research on kind of why Zoom fatigue happens. And I would love for you to share that because I think it's fascinating to understand. And uh, as you were telling us earlier, 
it was clicking in my mind and like, oh yeah, well, of course that makes, that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. It was super interesting to, to see it and to almost see it confirmed for me in the same way. So what I found out through research was that it is fatiguing. It is tiring because our brains are literally working harder to process information on this video platform that we're not used to doing and, or that we've done more than any other time in our lives. So in normal interactions, when you're talking with people, your brain can process through different avenues like social cues and body language. How, how is a person standing? How do they greet you? Um, inflection and in voice, uh, those kinds of things that you don't always get from Zoom. You don't get to look a person closely in the eye in Zoom. You can't engage in that way. So our brains are working hard to process the information that someone's talking just through a flat screen, dull kind of process. It also said that some other research was that it can be overwhelming for our brains to see so many people. So we have this gallery view, which I do prefer just because I am trying to read as many cues but it's almost bittersweet because our brains are triggered by anytime anyone moves, anytime someone walks in the background, any light difference, your eyes go to that and your brain's processing. So, um, and then the other thing it said is that normally when we're interacting with people, we don't have a mirror in front of our face to stare at ourselves. And on Zoom, you have that little you know, box of yourself that you're automatically looking at or your eyes go to, and it's just, it's a weird thing to process. So this Zoom fatigue is a very real, I know it's a hot topic now, but it's a very real thing that these students are experiencing thing, you know, while they're at, in school all day, their minds, their emotions are literally tired by the time the evening comes where you as a student pastor are probably holding your youth group meetings. Man. That is a ton of good information. And like, I can tell you, it is so hard to not look at your own picture. Like it, I fight, like I find myself fighting against it. And when I'm on with one other person, I've gotten to where now I will slide the zoom window to where half of it's hanging off of the screen so that the other person is directly underneath the, the built-in camera. But it is like, man, I can't, I don't know why it is, but that's so true. You, your your eye is naturally drawn to that. And I, I would say too, Julie, something that stood out to me about what you said is just the, by the time students get to the things that, that you're trying to do as a student pastor, they've already been through all of this and they're just taught, like they're just, they're just worn out by it. So it might not be necessarily that there's a hatred building for Zoom, but just the function and facilitating of it in general because of all of the research that you just meant, like the physical side of what you just mentioned. Because like I know for me, at the end of the day, after all of these meetings, like I am just wore out. And I didn't do anything. Like I sat here. Well, and I think that's part of the problem too, is that we're sitting in the same place and we're doing different kinds of things in each of these Zoom meetings, but we're still sitting in the same place. We're in the same environment, which is, you know, students have to sit in front of teachers and listen to them, but they, they're moving to a different spot for most of them, you know, are moving to a different spot for every class. And then when they come to church, you know, yeah, Wednesday is a long day, but there's a constant change in environment and people and the Zoom meeting 
I think brings a special kind of fatigue in the discipline of just sitting in the same spot all day long. And I think that just becomes really tough. And maybe also an easy hack to try to freshen up that experience on to just say, hey, sit somewhere different. Wherever you've been all day doing schoolwork, go sit somewhere different or it's going <laughs> to feel just like school. Yeah, that's true. Let me ask you guys this question. And I, I think this is, this is more towards the overall topic than specifically the fatigue, but I think it connects with how we laid it out in that the danger here is that fatigue could lead to disengagement. How possible do you think it is to, to truly teach and discuss scripture via this medium? I think it's absolutely possible. Well, I'm, so I guess to differentiate between Instagram Live yeah. or a YouTube channel and a conferencing space where there is easy communication and collaboration. Uh, not that you can't teach just speaking to somebody and people taking it in, but I think the, the key, many of the key elements of like a strong small group discussion are there. You know, we're able to, to have a dedicated time to sit down and do this together. We're able, you know, whoever's leading the meeting is able to walk through content. If you're going to show videos like you normally would, you can still show videos. You can share a screen. You can still walk through all the content. People can have open communication, assuming that, you know, everybody's able to get in a space where they feel like, my brother and sister is not climbing on top of me and I can actually say what I'm struggling with or whatever. Then that for some students may not be the case. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's absolutely possible. I think it's possible. And I think it will be very, a very important discipline to emulate now because it may be something that continues in the future after this. Some people are loving this type of engagement because they're more introverted or they're not super comfortable with social interactions. So some people are loving this Zoom thing um, because they don't have to try so hard, I guess, um, socially. But no, I, th I think it's possible. I just think it takes a lot of self-discipline that we have not had to really press into before so yeah. it's doable it's i mean it's just difficult and it's still so new and fresh i i feel like that discipline is still growing and we're learning how to do it i think the self-discipline piece that you just mentioned is really important because like i would agree for all the same reasons that you guys said it is totally possible it's an environment that we should be in in student ministry. I think it's something that could serve student ministry well far into the future and not just in this moment. Spiritual formation can happen in an online meeting. I 100% believe that. But I do think, and to, to your point, Julie, the self-discipline is a piece of that because I think for us to combat and fight against the fatigue of that we're feeling now with online meetings on the part of the leader it does take more upfront work it does take more discipline to be shorter to be to be more clear in the points that we make i think 
if you were preaching 30 minutes before, you need to be preaching for 15 minutes in this setting and saving more room for dialogue rather than monologue. I think that is the beauty of what this can provide. But at the same time, it takes discipline to move smaller chunks in what we're trying to accomplish so that we can still retain the truth that we're bringing forward so that we can still retain the punch and the application that needs to be there, just not as long. So Ben, you mentioned upfront work and something that stands out to me, there's fatigue here. And when you start, when I start thinking about why is there so much fatigue, a lot of this outside of just the brain science, which I think is legitimate in Mm -hmm. just what your brain is being asked to process. There's also just a new normal that we're not used to. And anytime there's a new normal, there's going to be some drop off on the things that we don't prioritize. So this is like, I think about the transition for students from high school to college, which we've talked about at length. Yeah. There's a new normal for them. And so often you hear students saying, oh, well, you know, I've just got so much going on and church kind of fell off. It, it, it wasn't the priority. There weren't things in place. There wasn't enough, there wasn't enough, uh, work up front to make sure that the prior priorities were kept the priorities in the mind of that student. So like I think about Hebrews 10, uh, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 it says, therefore brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, he has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain that is through his flesh And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching that encouragement from that loving pastor to a scattered people seems like a script that student pastors could be working from to say, hey, scattered people, hey, believers that have gone everywhere under this new scary circumstance and that are locked away at home, let us remember the hope of our calling and not neglect to meet together, but instead prioritize pushing through something that feels hard and feels different to encourage one another in good works. And I I think this is just one of those like, hey, as the leader, this is part of your charge right now is to cast vision and reprioritize for families and students what is most important and just kind of acknowledge it's different. There's a new way of doing it, but we've got to do it. Yeah, I love that. And I, I, I think the prioritizing teaching the new way like this is why and i wonder uh i wonder how many have have done that i wonder how many have not not filled the why space with we need to continue to gather and we need to continue to meet and fill the why space with we can't meet at the church so we're meeting online rather than uh i mean those are true but to fill the why space with what you're talking about and saying and tying more spiritual depth to it and saying, look, like here's a scriptural example where people were scattered and this was the reaction 
And it's kind of a, hey, let's get together and let's go do this because what re- this is what really matters here. I think that's a great point, John Paul. Yeah, that was real good. You kind of dropped that theological mic. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just one of those, I mean, you guys know, and we've talked about how long I spent in that book last year. Yeah. But in studying that book, the love that that pastor has for the people and the way that he draws the people back like, hey, remember what you know, come back, come back, come back. It feels, well, it feels appropriate for every season, but especially now (laughs) that we're so separated from one another, it feels like such a strong encouragement to say, hey, flock, come back. You know, don't forget this. Because you know the spiritual consequences of them not plugging in are great. So, right. So what you're doing is saying, hey, I'm looking out for you. I'm shepherding you. I'm calling you to the word. I'm calling you to community because I know the, the ripple effect of the implications of us being scattered are going to move into every other part of everyday life. And that is, I mean, that's just the call of a, of a pastor. Man, that's so good. And I think that this, along with the self-discipline that, that Julie mentioned what you're, what you've been talking about from Hebrews 10, I'm struck with the, with the thought of the prayer piece being a major component here too. And we've talked on the podcast in recent weeks, praying with specificity rather than generalities. And I think that this moment is one that should drive us to pray with specificity for students by name. Like you, you know at this point which students were coming frequently and now which ones are not attending the digital environments that you're offering. Like I know that there are stories of student ministries that are seeing more engagement in certain things, but inside of that more engagement, I also know that there that every student ministry has experienced this where there have been some students who were attending and engaged and now aren't because of this situation. And that's an opportunity for us to be disciplined in praying for those students by name because we know who they are and to seek them out, to seek out parents, to seek out leaders, not for the purpose fully of getting them to attend our next online engaging opportunity, but to make a much more specific prayer list to say, okay, I find myself in this time. What am I going to do? Well, I, I can devote more time to specific prayers. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's, again, just leaning into that, that role. And maybe that's part of the realization there is that it can, it can be, depending on your church context, it can be the case that as a student pastor, you have not been functioning in as much of a shepherding role, especially in the larger church context. Sometimes it's a program coordinator. Sometimes it is, some churches are big enough. I mean, you really are kind of approaching, you know, just like a, a stage personality, really. And so, this may be a the really good stretch for some student pastors as you seek out prayer and as you as you really do go chase individually after the students in your ministry to really flex that call to be a shepherd yeah and it you know and you might ask well man you guys have chased a really long rabbit trail here how does this how does this feed into zoom fatigue well 
there's no question in my mind that if these other things are happening, then the fatigue is going to be less because there will be higher engagement. As you pray specific prayers and as you dive deeply into, man, here's why it's important that we continue to do this. As John Paul talked about, discipline yourself on the front end. Like all of those things that we've mentioned do roll up to, I think, a more engaging environment in the moment. And you guys know you're in the trenches of student ministry every single day, listeners to this podcast. And you know that when students are connected to each other or to their leader or to you, there's more engagement in whatever environment that they're in. And so I think this is a, how do we combat Zoom fatigue? By engaging them rather than waiting for them to engage with us. Yeah, that's good. Good. All right, we're going to pause right there. We're going to come back with some super practical ways to, uh, to combat Zoom fatigue, to go along with kind of the philosophical things that we've been talking about and, and those approaches. Um, but before we get to that, I wanted to let you know about Youth Ministry Booster Season 2 Registration. It opens up on May 20th. And you might be saying, what is Youth Ministry Booster? Well, here it is. Youth Ministry Booster is an online training, development, and community platform that's goal, uh, whose goal is to serve you as student pastors in practical training in how to lead a student ministry effectively, but also to connect you with other student pastors so that you can uh, innovate and brainstorm as well as uh, be in community with people who know your context but are not in your context. I always felt like some of the really important relationships in my life were people that understood what it was like to be a youth pastor, but that I didn't report to. There's a level of transparency that exists there that I think is important for student pastors to have, all right? So it's training, it's development, it's soul care, it's community, and it all rolls up into Youth Ministry Booster, okay? So registration for season two launches on May 20th. That registration will close so that we can put everybody in groups. Early adopter bundles. If you're an early adopter, you register within the first couple weeks. You're going to receive some books. You're going to get a Student Ministry That Matters book, Within Reach book. You're going to get three circles Bible study leader kit that has what you need to launch that Bible study and a coffee mug with the support your local youth pastor logo on it, which everybody loves. If you've seen those support your local youth pastor mugs, you love them because everyone does. All right. So that's Youth Ministry Booster. Season two registration opens May 20th. Sign up. It's an annual membership that becomes available every season. All right. We also have something very special today. Producer Nathan has used the random topic generator that he has developed from the ground up He's built it. He's coded it. He has constructed and engineered the random topic generator. And it's time for a segment we like to call Topics from a Hat. This is where Nathan, producer Nathan pulls a topic from a hat and we discuss it. We have no idea what's going to happen. That's right. And our random topic for today is what sci-fi movie or book would you like the future to be like? So what <laughs> sci-fi movie or book would you like the future to be like? <laughs> what sci-fi movie or book would i most like the future to be like this is a strong 
Hey, student pastors, this is a great icebreaker question. You can launch some people, use it in your next Zoom meeting, fight the fatigue with some great icebreaker questions, which is an actual practical admit, application. I have to admit, I'm a little out of my depth here. <laughs> Not a big sci-fi guy? I'd like it. Guy. <laughs> I'd like to be a sci-fi guy. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to think so. I recently rewatched Hunger Games, but I'm like, I really don't want it to be like that. <laughs> yeah, that's well, what it I was depends thinking. on where you live, I guess. That's true. We've been watching through all the Star Wars every Friday and Saturday night since we've been stuck at home. We've been watching through the Star Wars movies with our boys, but it's like, well, I don't want it to be like that either. Like, I don't want the Empire or the First Order or anything. I could do the spaceship stuff. That'd be fun. And I might like to have a friend that's a Wookiee. Yeah. Or an Ewok. We actually, I feel like my son Deacon is a lot like an Ewok. <laughs> Airy? <laughs> he's not as hairy, but he's kind of <laughs> tubby and he waddles around a lot. <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be a huge disappointment on this question. I'm going to go with Star Wars because I like the lightsaber and all of the unique different creatures that are involved. But I'm with John Paul, too. Like, there's, it's a dangerous place, man. Yeah, you don't know who's got the force and is just going to choke you out whenever they feel like it. Mm. Like, you don't even need jujitsu anymore. Mm -mm. I, I think generally avoid people in masks, which is a bad strategy for our moment right now. Masks and capes, usually bad. Now we're all in them. That, I thought you were uh, going to say something about dragons, Ben. You like dragon books. That's more of a uh, fantasy than science fiction, though. See, this is where I don't know where to draw those kind of lines. Yeah, I enjoy a fantasy world, um, specifically like book genre, not a fantasy world that I make up in my own head and live in. <laughs> All right, Nathan, thank you for today's topic from a hat. Uh, I, I do welcome. think that question is a decent one as we jump into the uh, practical Zoom fatigue fighters great icebreaker questions is one that i would put at the top of that list because it it, op it it well it breaks the ice it gets everybody talking um and 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 that's what you want to have if you're looking for engagement and you're looking for people to talk with you rather than you just talking then you've got to get them talking so I use this use this question i also think it's helpful to have a space for them to just catch up and talk a little bit before it's just, I'm talking the whole time, listen. I think that time either at the beginning or in the middle for a break is really, really helpful. It helps them engage what's gonna feel like more naturally than staring at a screen, just listening to someone talk. So I think it's really helpful to throw in that time into each of your meetings. Yeah, that's good. Another thing that I have found super helpful is embracing the breakout rooms. That's a feature on Zoom. It's super great and easier on your students to engage with, with a smaller group of people. 
So breaking out in those and then coming back together for your main meeting, I think can be a fun way to just splice it up and change things up and, and get them interacting, maybe more vocal with each other. Yeah. And I think those are good places too, to have student led content, which is, you know, part of the fatigue that students have is there's some adult talking to them, you know, if they're doing a lot of zoom school work and stuff. So allowing students the opportunity to lead worship and to do a devotion or, you know, what, whatever the zoom meeting is about, if it's a Bible study, if it's a morning Devo, even if it's the midweek message, letting students lead out in those things and just mixing it up that way, I think helps with some of that fatigue and just the general interest, like who am I listening to today? Yeah, man, I think student involvement is huge for this um, and, and could be a potential game changer in if you're experiencing like your engagements dropping off and, you know, people aren't sticking around like they were at the beginning of, you know, eight weeks ago or whatever. I think involving your students and letting them lead and turning over those types of moments to them with coaching and with some work is, is awesome. And not just for, for now, it'll prepare you for when you come back to be able to do some more of that too. Man, you know that student pastors, as student pastors, you know that uh, when your teenagers lead worship, it may not be as good, but students engage. When they speak, it may not be as polished, but there's something about their peers leading them and saying the things that you might have said that comes across in a different way. And I think that's, that's equally as true now. So we talked about as well on things if I keep your keep it shorter, one main point kind of stuff that we talked about earlier would fall into this category of things you can fight the fatigue with as well. Okay, so there's some practical things along with the uh, kind of the why behind it. I did want to let you know before we sign off about one more thing coming your way. And that is on Monday, May the 11th, Monday, May the 11th, uh, we are going to have on the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel. Uh, we're going live at 12 p.m. Central, and we're going to talk about uh, reopening student ministry, and we're going to do workshops with it as well. So come to the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel on Monday, May the 11th. Uh, we're going to talk about phases of reopening in student ministry, and then we're going to break out into specific breakout groups or workshop groups, and we're actually going to work through the plan and give you guys an opportunity to talk about that with each other and learn from what your fellow student pastors are doing. So we'll see you Monday, May 11th, 12 p.m. Central. Don't forget about the Youth Ministry Booster registration starting up May 20th. This has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. See you next time.